in the beginning, the most important goal is to get feedback from your customers as fast as you can and learn as much as you can in the shortest period of time. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. Today, I welcome to the show Andre Rebrov, the CTO and co-founder at Scentbird. Welcome to the show, Andre. Thank you, Chase. And thanks for having me here today. I'm excited to chat. So for those that are unaware, can you quickly talk about the types of products that Scentbird is bringing to market? Sure. Uh, Scentbird is a subscription service for perfumes and colognes. And we originally started with the more general idea, like how to make it easier to buy perfume online uh, and make it less risky. Because if you don't like a purchase for which you just spend $150, it's not that easy to return it because you already opened it. So we tried it a year for a different model. And then we find out the subscription world and we find the repackaging world. So now instead of buying a 100 milliliter perfume bottle, spending $150 on it, uh, not liking it, you can just go to Sunbird, uh, spend $17 and try new perfume every month. Awesome. So where did this idea come from to have a subscription model for trying uh, perfumes? And do, do you also offer colognes? Yes, we offer colognes and actually men represent one third, uh, yeah, one third of our audience. And, um, the original implementation of solving this issue was try before you buy, like more parkers. So we were sending up to three perfume bottles with samples, highly fraud, uh, related, like a lot of error fraud related issues. Um, a low conversion rate. And then we started to do a thing that we were supposed to do in the beginning. We started to talk to customers more and more. And we noticed a common topic. People were saying that I have five, six, seven perfume bottles on my desk. Half of them are still full. I want to buy more, but I cannot justify another $100 purchase because I already spent so much money and haven't used all my perfumes. So we thought, okay, maybe if we do ship perfume in a smaller volume and make it cheaper, people will be more open to trying new stuff. And uh, this is how the idea of subscription came to light. Uh, so you were speaking with your customers uh, and learning from them. And, and so how did you guys do a, tr a trial run of the uh, the sample subscription thing to a subset of customers? Or how, uh, I guess, how nimble was your first you know, MVP of this product? It was pretty bold. So we spent about a week and a half uh, changing the website from the try before you buy to subscription. We emailed all the previous contacts. We emailed all our friends. We emailed everyone in the startup accelerator. We were participating in and said, Hey guys, we have this new cool idea. You can buy perfume for at the time it was $15 and you'll ship it straight to your door. We purchased samples from Alibaba, I believe. We then went to Sephora and bought a bunch of traditional retail bottles. And then when the shipment day came, we sit together in the kitchen of Startup Accelerator and literally started to spray from the big bottle to a smaller one because we didn't have an opportunity to open the big bottle. Otherwise, the perfume will just evaporate. 
So this is how it's all started. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Do you remember uh, how many samples that you guys had to push push out the door that one day? Yes. So that day we shipped 140 uh, shipments. We started at 6 p.m. I believe we end up at 3 a.m. So the the whole world of fulfillment was pretty new for us. Now we ship around 100,000 uh, shipments in under five days. Uh, so we learned quite a bit in this area, but the, like, the first the first run was quite memorable. Absolutely. So uh, for the listeners, they probably have, uh, just in the way that you've spoken about technology, your background isn't in fragrance. Uh, talk about your history before uh, the Startup Accelerator and before Scentbird and what you were up to and then you know how that led into founding Scentbird mm-hmm. with your team. Sure. So I'm actually originally graduated from the Aerospace University back in Russia. That that explained like certain rockets in the background and certain books on my shelf. And I have uh, I'm a big fan of the aerospace, but I'm a software engineer and I was doing engineering before. And as an engineer, I love to build things and I love to build custom things. But at some point I joined after working for big outsourcing companies for big enterprise clients, I joined a smaller company. It was Agile Consulting. It, there were just what seven of us. And it amazed me how fast certain decisions could be made and how much responsibility I can get. So I, was, I started to think maybe I should join this startup world as a technologist uh, and see where it goes. And uh, what, 11, 10 years later, here I am. Awesome. So you learned agile a little later on in your career? Yes. So like I actually I started to learn about agile while I was still in university because I was working already for the um software company at the time. But I was learning more the engineering aspect of it, like how to write code faster, how to not overcreate a certain code, how to write tests smoothly, how to work with business stakeholders better from engineering perspective. That that definitely helped me. So from the your perspective as a co-founder of a direct-to-consumer brand, you know, what can uh, any other founder out there that's, you know, a few steps behind getting things started right now take away from an agile pr- approach? What would you tell them uh, to focus on? I would say focus when you start, focus on the immediate need because when we started our startup, uh, obviously as a technology co-founder, I had a tendency to over-engineer things, to create like the scalable platform, to create the best code, to create all the tests. That's not what is needed in the beginning. In the beginning, the most important goal is to get feedback from your customers as fast as you can and learn as much as you can in the shortest period of time. That means that you need to use the right technology that will allow you to do that. In some cases, it, it means that you just need to go and use some off-the-shelf platform. In some cases, it means that you need to do certain custom development. So for example, the first first version of Sandbird was a PHP template, and I don't like PHP, but it was easy to run. It was easy to spin out. And that's what I had to do to run this business. Absolutely. Now, when uh, you guys obviously we're in an accelerator and you start started to see some traction. Do you remember what was going on with the business when you were like, well, this is this is actually working that we're onto something here? 
I think once we pivoted into the subscription model, because we spent a year on the tribe before we buy, at the like, this first 140 subscribers was already a decent amount. But then at some point, like in the beginning, we started to work with influencers and we did a lot of work with them. We still do. And at a certain point, we started to get like 10, 20, 50, 100 subscribers a day. And that was already quite a different dynamic compared to what we had before. And once we hit our first, I believe, thousand, then we knew, okay, guys, this this becomes something something serious. Like we found our product market fit. Let's push harder on this. Absolutely. During that kind of rapid growth phase, uh, I know you know things were probably breaking, especially as you said uh, within your tech stack. It doesn't have to be perfect; it just has to work. Uh, do you remember anything uh, that kind of went awry during that growth phase? Uh, yes, I still remember. Like as you can, like for, for listeners who who watch us, I have a lot of great hairs, and I think like the, the first big bucket of them came when I accidentally mailed. 3,000 customers instead of 300 or something like that. So we had to change, like, email them back, say, Hey guys, sorry. Like it wasn't error. Like nothing happened. Everything is fine. So because we're still operating in a pretty direct manner, direct access to the database, just like SQL, uh, expert data from there, send emails. So certain things like that happen. It, they happen less and less, uh, obviously over time. But then, like, there are certain things when we started our migration from one cloud provider to another. And instead of accomplishing this in 15 minutes, it took me six hours. So, whoops, uh, it happens. Uh, no pressure from co-founders, no pressure from uh, marketing team. But yeah, absolutely. It, it, it happens. Hey there, merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. All right. I want you to picture this. You're an e-commerce merchant juggling multiple platforms to manage your email marketing, SMS campaigns, and product reviews. It's a time-consuming and costly ordeal. But with Sendlane, those days of chaos are long gone. Sendlane brings together the power of email, SMS, and reviews all in one convenient place. So you can say goodbye to the hassle of separate tools and hello to simplified operations, increased efficiency, unified customer experience, and huge savings. And I haven't even gotten to the best part. With the all new free Sendlane reviews, you can leverage social proof to build trust and credibility with potential customers. Let me say that again, free product reviews. With Sendlane, you pay for email and SMS and you get reviews for free. Sendlane understands that customer feedback is essential for the success of any e-commerce business. That's why they've made it an integral part of their platform without any additional cost to you. 
By unifying these key components of your tech stack, Sendlane helps you save time and money all while generating more revenue. Don't let your e-commerce tech stack hold you back. Embrace the unifying force of Sendlane and take your business to new heights. Sign up today and experience the power of streamlined operations, increased efficiency, and revenue growth. Visit Sendlane.com honest to learn more and schedule your free consultation with a Sendlane expert. That's Sendlane.com honest. Within your, your show notes here, you uh, have kind of a, a big opinion about build versus buy. Mm-hmm. Where would you kind of uh, draw the line uh, or, or how would you like other listeners to think about uh, the choices that they're making versus in, in custom development versus using something off the shelf like a Shopify? Mm-hmm. I would say right now, I see actually three different buckets. One bucket is go with something like Shopify and there is absolutely nothing wrong with it um, because it allows you to spin out your business fast, especially if you have an idea of a great physical product. Um, so Shopify is the easiest way to start and a lot of mer- merchants who still use it even they, if they are huge. Like um, I believe there is a company called Fix out of New York. They sell scrubs. I believe they do something around $500 million. So when they still on Shopify, so definitely it works for them. Another, uh, side of this, uh, another bucket will be absolutely custom development. That makes sense when you offer some unique services on top of your physical product. And that made sense for us because when we started first, there are not that many subscription focused platforms. Second, they had a very limited functionality and we already knew that we want to have 100% personalization when it comes down to what people get every month. So we had to develop this. Now we actually move into a third bucket, which is composable commerce. Meaning in certain areas, we don't have that many specific functionalities. So for example, when it comes down to traditional e-commerce, we need a normal card, regular card. We need regular discount agent and we need a regular product information model or PIM. So in this case, we actually go and integrate a vendor, um, but like not every vendor works here. So like over time, we actually created our internal list, what we are looking into potential vendor. And funny enough, several years ago, uh, there came a new alliance called Mac Alliance. And actually, that's exactly what these people are proposing, uh, building composable commerce. So uh, that was nice that the ideas that we had internally actually got the external validation. Absolutely. And then another term that listeners have probably heard around composable commerce is, is headless. Yes. Uh, they, they're kind of used interchangeable. So for a headless approach, I am of the opinion that it is definitely a direction to go only when your needs require it. Would you agree with that or not? Uh, yes, that is true. Like In general, it's better not to overbuild things. And if you know, okay, people will access my website only from web, then just use web and traditional platforms like Shopify or BoltCommerce, for example. If you know that you might have to deliver your product over web, mobile application, kiosks, uh, or something else, then you might think, okay, I need something headless because head might be different in different circumstances. So again, it 
it comes first with understanding where is my customer and where I will showcase my product. Absolutely. This is just very uh, timely for me because I, I, uh, a lot of companies... Headless was a big rage about a year ago in our industry. And a lot of people went. And now I'm seeing a lot of those same companies mm. go back to just uh, using you know, a Shopify or a big commerce or whatever front end to run everything because they... While these platforms are fast and extremely custom, they're also very expensive to maintain and, and make sure they still work. Exactly. I would say one big problem here is unlike traditional big integrations, the goal here is not to do a big, big bank change, big bank implementation that will take one year, two years, start small. And like, that's the whole goal of composable commerce. Like if you need to replace one component, just go and replace one component. Don't replace your entire e-commerce engines because that will be close to the suicide. Like start small, see if it accomplishes your goal and then move on. And unfortunately, a lot of people just, hey, we are following the wave of headless. We are following the wave of uh, AI, whatever. And they just rushed in. I think some people just like to do things to have something to do. Uh, and not necessarily the right business choice. Yep. I agree. <laughs> All right. So Scentbird is an amazing subscription business. How is like the subscription world different from like your traditional e-commerce business? There are a number of differences, um, but I will name I would name just a few, like the most critical one. First, uh, the way how you handle your payments, because like, with Traditional e-commerce, people go to the website, go to checkout page, they can finish the transaction and either go through or not. With uh, subscriptions, you need to make sure that all the recurring transactions will flow. Otherwise, your business won't grow. So there are a lot of complexity around, hey, how can I increase the number of transactions they go through? How do I recover failed transactions? How do I communicate to the customer? And that's, that is actually a big percentage of my work, like I do compare various payment services all the time, very like we all constantly update our fintech stack in general. So that's a big part. Second part is the fulfillment because right now we have five more than 500,000 subscribers. And it means that every month we ship 500,000 shipments. That's the size of a very decent e-commerce. Uh, company, even though the average order value is not that large, but that volume creates a lot of complexity, especially since all our shipments are personalized. Uh, so we have 600 product on the website. You can have, you can have up to three products in your subscription. Plus we have different e-commerce promotions. So the complexity grows exponentially, but we still want to compete Probably with Amazon Prime kind of uh, SLS, we wanted to fulfill fast, we want to ship fast. So that creates a lot of complexity around how do you do fulfillment? How do you operate your warehouse? What kind of warehouse management system do you have? Does it allow you to ship fast? And unfortunately, some 3PL providers uh, cannot cannot do this properly, cannot do this in time. So that's why we had to also take over the separation. And that's what we do right now. And I would say we are pretty successful in it. That's amazing. Now, if I'm a listener 
And I'm curious about giving Scentbird a try. Where should I go? What should I do? Um, just go to scentbird.com, S-C-N-T-B-I-R-D.com um, and subscribe. We have 50% off for the first months and you can choose any perfume from 600. Awesome, Andre. Now, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you think would uh, resonate with our audience today? Um, last year, we acquired another subscription business called Drift, drift.co. Uh, and these are amazing car fresheners. And this is actually an example when we use Shopify with Recharge. And that works perfectly for us because the whole premise is around the product. Uh, yes, there are certain variations, but these guys came up with a great product. And this is where the tradition of the shell platform works great. So now we have two different stacks. We can actually compare them in terms of how easy it is to operate them, how easy it is to um, customize them. So we see pros and costs of both of the platform, but it allows us to actually um, complement uh, two subscriptions, not only from the customer perspective, like we do cross-sell, but also from the operational perspective, because now uh, we can support each other. We can make another subscription business, um, more efficient. And that's what some subscription business owners should think of. Hey, like what could be another subscription business that can complement mine so that I can either acquire them or partner them? And it, like it will make both of the business more successful. Now, were you actively looking to acquire another business or is it just, uh, something came across your radar and, and you guys explored it? We did because all the time we were looking into expansion, like, and you can either go, um, internationally or you can go into different verticals. And over time we learned that we should remain in the fragrance or scent related category because it resonates with our uh, core audience. So we decided, we started to think, Hey, what are other products that we have in our life, in our house that, um, people buy often. And then we found this amazing company, we acquire them. And now we look forward to what are other verticals we can penetrate. Absolutely. And just to tell any listeners out there that might this might be a strategy for them to look at, what were some of the advantages of acquiring another company, having two different uh, businesses to basically run under the same umbrella? Where were you finding efficiencies or or extra profit by doing this? So a couple of things to mention. So first, um, as a bigger business assembled, now we have more leverages when we do various negotiation for another subscription. When we talk to them and they say, Hey guys, there is a power of Sandbird. Like we are a big company now. Like how about we talk about longer partnership and get a better discount? Second, internal operations. Since we have our own warehouse, since we have everything already lined up, supply chain operations, warehouse, supplier contracts. Now we can replace what another subscription had with more efficient operation, both from SLA and uh, pricing. So that allows us, that allowed us to imp improve the uh, margin for the, another subscription. And third is cross promotion. Now, if you launch a product on one site, you can potentially launch it to another site and increase the market for yourself. So I see these three things as the biggest opportunity. Absolutely. I, I think that's wonderful. Andre, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. And it was a great conversation. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes 
You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.